0: The series that we're having right now is uh stop going to church. Not many preachers or churches tell you that. And so uh this morning what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the uh hosp we're a hospital and we're not a hotel. Is that all right to tell you that? And uh you know uh when you drive down the interstate, sometimes you see those signs when you get into an exit and all of a sudden it'll have a sign. And it has all the hotels that they are. And they'll, they'll tell you, you know, you're getting off the exit, and it'll say, you know, 1.8 miles to the right, to the left. How many of you been on those trick exits? It tells you everything that's there, but it's like 5 miles, 10 miles out of the way. You know what I mean? And, and uh, But then there's also one sign. You don't know, have the little placards for each of them. And then they also have a blue sign with a white H. That means there's a hospital on this exit possibly, and, and uh, I can go to two places, or, and there's two different reasons, uh, and we have different expectations with different places, uh, church. and so what I want to do is I want to tar- talk about church uh, as, a, as a hotel versus church as a hospital, and uh, so here's what I see, here's a couple things, I want, here, here's what I want, first thing, I want to go versus I have to go, you know, then there's it's all about comfort versus all about care. Okay, one, one or the other. What I want, and here's another one, what I, versus what I need. And I will go relax and enjoy versus I go to get help in healing. You see, the hospital, how many of you have ever been rushed to the hospital? Like, I don't want to tell. I have to had too many times. Okay, some may be a rush. I remember rushing my wife to the hospital, having our, our fifth son, and I thought we were going to have an interstate ten baby. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things. We after church on a Sunday, in Jenny's we went to a Chinese restaurant, and she and I, before that, she told me that morning before I started preaching, she said, "I'm going to have the baby today." I can feel it. I was up all last night. All like, Well, let's go to the hospital. And uh, she goes, no, 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 just go do what you got to do, and I'll let you know. So she shows up in services, both services, and, you know, hey, and after service is over, I said, let's go, let's go. She goes, no, 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 I'm hungry. I'm like, freck, man, hungry. And so we go to the restaurant, and we're eating, and all of a sudden, she gets up to go to the ice cream, you know, the little pooler thing. And she goes to get up to go get ice cream, and her water breaks, And I'll never forget there was a lady named Carla. She came with paper towels and he goes, here, you want to clean up your mess? Just like four of them. That's not going to clean up water. You know what I mean? Yeah, but she was trying to help. And I'm going, we got to go to the hospital. She goes, no, we got to go home. I'm changing my dress. And I remember just getting like, I don't know, seven or eight towels, and we're trying to speed, and she goes, slow down, I mean, you know, I'm doing it, the, and then more water comes, and I'm just trying to get it all, and then by the time we get there, she has my fifth son, Luke. That's a rush to the hospital. I've been rushed to the hospital when I was a kid in fifth grade. I had appendicitis all night, and I came to my parents and woke them up, and they didn't believe me, and finally I kept persisting, and finally my stepfather, I remember him just carrying me, into the emergency room, and they start poking on me, and they go, oh, yeah, you, you you need to go. You need to go. I've been in the IC room. I, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I, the unit where, you know, the, you know, it's emergencies and stuff, and I'm, I'm just saying, uh, I can say I didn't like any of those places because they start poking you, prodding you, sticking you. And the one thing I always hate about hospitals is they come in and they wake you up just when you fell asleep. You know, every, every hour and a half, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I remember one night after being in the hospital, I don't know, over a week, and when they come and take your blood or your blood pressure, and one night I just had enough. A young guy came in to go take my blood at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And he goes, uh, excuse me, Mr. Kent. He goes, uh, we're coming to take your blood and check your blood. Not right now, you're not. And he goes, okay. <laughs> you know? And uh, But you know, it's like when when you look around the world, we see a lot of pain and we see a lot of brokenness. You know, God has created a place for people to get help and healing. It's called the church. You see, and sometimes churches are more hotels focused on comfort and enjoyment rather than finding healing and wholeness? And see, the scripture says in, in Matthew, and I just want to give you a couple examples. In Matthew, uh, Matthew 9, verses 10 through 12. And it says later, Matthew invited Jesus and disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other uh, disputable sinners. And, and it goes, but when... The Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And so, you know, welcome to Dr. McCann this morning. And I'm going to give you some diagnoses this morning. If I had to, I'd wear my white little doctor little thing. I, w- I was hoping to find one where I could just put it on in my doctor coat. But I just think that, you know, I, I've been a pastor now uh, over, I mean, I've been in ministry over, thir- uh, over 41 years. And, you know, I've been a senior pastor for over 21 years. Now I'm just founding pastor. And what does that mean? That means, you know, it's like, I just have a lot of experience that I can tell a lot of guys how, what not to do to make mistakes and what to do to see God move. And this morning, how many of you want to see a move of God in your own personal life? And that's what I'm here. I'm not here. You're not a duck, and this is not eagle school, and I'm teaching you how to be an eagle. Okay, what I'm here to do is to tell you that, you know what, God wants to come and touch your life in such a way that as you receive health and as you receive healing, God will do something incredible so you can give that to others. Amen. And so hospitals exist. Listen, first point is hospitals exist for sick people. No surprise that sick people are in the hospital, is it? There's no surprise of that. You know, I, I love I, you know I love the spiritual uh, blood stains that are on these carpets because on these carpets people's people's lives have been ta- changed and touched and there's been operations that have gone on and the Holy Spirit is Jamie or whoever is come Pastor Jamie come in here and minister. All of a sudden, things are being opened up and things that didn't need to be there have been extracted by the Spirit of God. And all of a sudden, what God does takes that, what doesn't need to be there, and he puts in what needs to be there. Come on. He cuts things out that aren't going to allow you to have growth and health. Healthy things grow. And if if there's a diagnosis of something that's going to kill you, if there's a cancer in your body, a cancer in the spirit, God wants to come and extract that from you. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to heal. It doesn't happen sometimes immediately. For some of us, we get a revelation and go, I'm, a, I'm a kind of one of those kind of guys. Oh, I see it. I'm going to do it. Come on. But there's others, they see it, and they go, well, you know what? There's, there's got to be some things that happen along the way. And God brings healing. God, and some, let me just say, sometimes it takes time. Amen. You know, uh, Timothy Keller says, the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. You know, look at Jesus' family and friends. Peter, he was impulsive and got an ang- he had an anger problem. You look at, at Saul before he became Paul. He killed Christians. Matthew, he's a tax collector. He's greedy. He's a cheat. He belonged in prison. You know, Thomas, he was a skeptic and a doubter. How about Tamar? She seduced her father-in-law into sleeping with her. How about Rahab, a prostitute? Ruth, a Moabite. The Moabites are the product of Lot sleeping with his daughters. How about Bathsheba, raped by a guy who had a heart after God? How many of you have got some sick people in this world? Romans says it like this. Here's Romans 3.23. You know it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever lied? If you didn't lie, you raise your hand, you're a liar, okay? And your pants are on fire. Anyway, you know what all Jesus, you know what? All Jesus' healings in the Bible had in common, they all started with a, a sick person. Anyone got a past that they're ashamed of? Come on. Let's be real. How many of you have done some things in your life you don't want the video to be played this morning? You see, anyone feel like they've been a failure before? How many, anyone feel like they've done too much or have have gone too far? Anyone have a dying marriage, a family that, that is in shambles, finances that are a wreck? You see... If that's you, welcome to our Savior's church. It's okay not to be okay. I like what Charles Spurgeon said. It's a little lengthy, but listen what he says. He says, give yourself to the church. You that are members of the church have not found it perfect, and I hope that you feel almost glad that you have not. As I've already said, the church is faulty, but that is no excuse for you not joining it. If, it, if you are the Lord's, nor, need, uh, nor ne- need your own faults, keep you back. For the church is not an institution for perfect people, but a sanctuary for sinners saved by grace. Who, though they are saved, are still sinners and need all the help they can uh, to derive from the sympathy and the guidance of their fellow believers. Amen. I need that. The church is is the nursery for God's weak children where they are nourished and grow strong. It is the fold for Christ's sheep, the home of Christ's family. See, the most dangerous people in the church are not those who are sick and know that they're sick, but those who are sick and don't know that they're sick. What do you mean, Pastor See, I love this. You know, in 1 John 1.8, it said, if we say we have no sin, listen, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Who who are the sickest people in the room? In In that scripture in Matthew, you know who the sickest people were? It was the Pharisees. They're the guys that lived their lives, knew all the rules, knew all the things that they had to do, but they were blind. They were just religious. How many you know religion will not change you? Religion will just make you cynical and critical of other people. Well, if they would be doing this, and if they would do this, then it's, it's all of a sudden, it's a puffed-upness. It's a self-righteousness. You see, you know, who crucified Jesus? Who were the ones that say crucified? The Pharisees. The Sadducees, you know, they were called your sad." the Sadducees because they were sad, you see. Anyway, just wasn't that the tax collectors, it, it wasn't the tax collectors and sinners. It was the Pharisees. They were so sick in their thinking they could, that they killed Jesus thinking they did God a favor. Sickness begins when you think you're always right. Now, I don't want to go into your marriage. I've learned this in marriage. Sometimes you just got to go, you know what? She's right. And I'm not. There was one amen from a man. The rest of you needed to figure it out. You know, I believe this for every one of us. Is it in marriage? That's where you should use the word Compromise. Because can I tell you something? I'm not always right. Because, you know, when you make a stand and go, well, I know that I know. You're in for an argument. Because if she knows it, she's right. Let me just tell you something. I'm just going to say this. I would rather apologize and make things right than get cut off. Now, I like all those amens right there. And I've even so been so proud at times I looked at my wife, I'm cutting you off. She's like, "Praise God." <laughs> you know? And here's the thing. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. That's what he came to do. He listen, you know what? The second thing hospitals focus on treatment, not judgment. When you walk into the hospital, the doctor doesn't give you a lecture. Well, let me tell you, you wouldn't be here if you... No, he doesn't. They come in there and you go to the emergency room. They have all those nurses. They ask you questions. Hey, what you, what's going on? What do you feel? How, do you in any pain? Well, oh, well, there's pain right there. Let's see. Let's feel that. Oh, we need to get an x-ray of that. Hey, you know what? They're looking to find the way regardless of why you're in pain, they want to treat and they want to help you. Are you hurt? Are you hearing me? And sometimes the things they want to treat and help you with really hurt. I love the story my wife tells me about her sister that's just older than her, her name's Julie. She went to bring, her mother went to go bring her to the doctor, and she thought the doctor was going to give her a shot, so she filled her one of her pockets full of rocks because she was going to throw rocks at the doctor if they if they gave her a shot. I can't imagine that. But you know what the sad thing is? In our culture, we're, self-di- we're a self-diagnosing culture. Don't say ouch. But it's so true. We self-professing doc- We have self-professing doctors on Facebook. You have to be honest to be... Accurately assessed and diagnosed. You just have to. Because if you're not, it can harm you. You see, Proverbs says it like this. Proverbs, you know this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. And that's one of the first scriptures I taught all of my children. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Listen, listen, but but not but but not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh, and refreshment, or it says medicine to your bones. You can't get treated if you don't have truth. The word of God is truth. And it's my will crossed by the will of God. The word of God brings healing. The word of God brings strength. The word of God brings power. The word of God brings community. The word of God brings wholeness. It brings healing to our souls, to our minds, and our hearts. You see, I'm gonna hurt, it's gonna hurt more maybe before you get better. How many of you ever just hidden behind a certain sin? And then finally, whatever it is, I don't I'm not here to point out once, but I'm just saying that all of a sudden you just you just fight it, fight it, fight it. And all of a sudden you go, I can't do this anymore. Can I tell you something? Confess. You confess your sins to God for forgiveness. And you confess your sins one to one another for healing. Because you know what that does? That brings pride. Oh, it takes pride away. Because I've learned this is that you got to identify root causes to deal with properly with apparent symptoms. What do you mean by that, Pastor Baba? You got, in order to get fruit in your life, you got to get to the root. Sometimes, see, you got to get rooted to get fruited in God. I believe that. But sometimes, even in our, our, our compromises and our sins, and our, that w- what we try to do is we, we try to do the surface things when God goes, oh no, there's not pruning honey I need to do. I need to get to the root of this so we get this out of your life. Look, if I used to smell a certain smell in the atmosphere, and I go, hmm, got to get me some of that. Or I smell alcohol with, with music. I got to get me some of that. You know what? When I got saved, I gave those things to God. And look at me. 41 years, I hadn't touched a joint A bong, a pipe. I haven't gone to. I mean, I'm not full of slitsmart liquor bulls. I'm not giving you bull anymore. But you know, go. You know, Pastor. What about? You know, look. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. You need to live your life the way God calls you to live your life. And the decisions. I just know from me, and I know my DNA. Those things aren't good for me, because I've seen what it's done in my family. Not even a little bit. You understand me? And I don't say those things in pride. I say those things because God has helped me. And for me to go back to those things would be like a dog returning to his vomit. You've seen it. I don't need to give you a description. See, just just help me. You know, you got to deal with the, the you got to be you got to deal with the symptoms. See, just help me with my finances. Why are you submitting? Why aren't, if, if you need help with your finances, submit your finances to the Lord. And get someone that's smarter than you in finances to help you. Hello. Just help. If you need help with your marriage, why not? You know, why aren't you serving your spouse like Jesus served his bride? The Bible says husbands lay down your life. For your wife, just like Christ, laid in, in his life, for the church, here's my question: Husbands, when's the last time you died for your wife? Of your opinions and what you want to go do and how you want to do it? See, the third and the final thing is hospitals restore you to full health. Our prayer is that you will encounter the great healer. See, first Thessalonians. 5, 23, and 24, now may the God of peace, I love that, may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you, I love this, is faithful. Holy means whole. If your liver's not whole, it's sick. You know, when I, when I battle cancer, and I don't need to go around, but this is the best example I can give you is me. When they told me the first time, hey, man, you have three spots in your liver. They go, and we got to take care of that. There was a diagnosis for that. Because guess what? If it's not whole, the liver's not whole, it's sick. It's not functioning the way it's supposed to function. And what they had to do, they gave me chemotherapy. They cut me from here to here. I don't want to show you my scar. You know, it's not, it's not the beach, so don't worry about it. But, you know, it's a wholeness of body. It's a wholeness of strength. I prayed one, one of my friends this week. He lost his son. Used to come hunting with me a lot. He had two sons, Ross and Reese. And he's actually one of my brother, my little brother's, Todd's best friends. And they went through high school and kind of college age and did all the partying, running around, hunting and fishing. They're just great guys. They're both my brother's a guide, and he's a guide, and his son, Ross, is a guide. And a guy called them, and they live in Hackberry, and he said, Hey, man, listen, uh, um, Hey, we're stuck in the marsh, and Ross is one of those kind of guys. He'll go help you. All right, I'm going to get Seth to come. And so him and Seth, his best friend, they go out, and they find the guy. They get him, caught. They get him out of the marsh and get him unstuck, and they're, and they're coming back. And Seth has a boat, 22-foot-long boat, 22 foot long boat with a 250 behind it. And how many of you know when you're young you're built for speed? Come on. And nothing's fast enough? And they were coming around the jetties there. And if you know anything about the jetties and every day, they got the big rocks. And he cut it too, too sharp and he hit a rock. And Seth and Ross were thrown out. And Ross hit one of the big stones, hit his head, and it died instantly. I talked to his daddy, Max. And he just began to share with me. He said, Bubba, Ross had Jesus in his heart. I said I know he did and uh, I remember Ross being a little boy just begging to go hunting with us the thing I liked about Max when I'd take him goose hunting he'd bring a little skillet and he'd cook eggs for us and bacon while we're in the, when we're in the blind oh, yeah. so I didn't mind having him come and I just started talking to Max. And I said, Max, can I pray for you? Oh, Howard. He, my real name's Howard. He called me Howard. Yeah, absolutely. Just, and we start praying. And we start thanking God for Ross and who he was and what he meant to all of us. And he just said, I got a peace. I just have a peace. He's with God. Because, you know, anybody that loves Jesus and is with Jesus, look at me. What would they say if they came back? they say, you know what they'd say? It's wonderful. There's no more pain, no more sorrow. It's wonderful. You know what they'd say? They'd say, it's worth it. All the decisions I made, all the honesty I took on, on this side, all the realness that I allow God to heal my heart. that I, You know, the Bible says we see dimly, uh, through a glass dimly. But that one day, all that dimness will come, our eyes will be open, And one day, when we leave this earth, we'll, we'll stop breathing natural air. And we'll breathe celestial air. And we'll see the face. We'll match the face behind the voice that spoke to us, that guided us, that directed us. And I don't know, I don't know if there's a, a wind in heaven, but maybe his hair will be going, and you'll just you'll see that that's Jesus. It's wonderful, it's worth it. And I think they will say, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Why are you saying that, Pastor Bubba? Because let me tell you something. If you try to do things and avoid the pain and the sorrow and the bitterness and the hurt, you will end up doing something, saying something, or acting out something that is not healthy. Amen. Emotional wholeness. That means you got to deal with your anger. You got to deal with your bitterness. You got to deal with your resentment. You got to deal with self hatred. You got to deal with unforgiveness. The one thing I love is I prayed with Max, my friend. You know what? I just saw. I mean, we just felt the Spirit of God. And it wasn't like you know, Baba. He really needed to forgive someone. He need no, he didn't. There was none of that. You see, I was just so proud of him. He's a good boy. I go, yeah, he was. And he is. He said, man, he had his his own business since he was 10th grade. He was 19. And he said, and and then the little boy, the other little boy that, that ran the boat, he wasn't even hurt. And he's blaming himself. You know what hurt? And Max goes, I don't blame him. Their whole family's taking the blame. He goes, huh. he said, and that's what he said. He said, Bubba, for, pray for the Boudreaux family. Because they're taking it on themselves and they don't need to. Can I tell you something? That's someone that has a relationship with Jesus. And in the, even in the midst of a storm, there's peace. See, God's desire, listen to me, is full Healing it's words it's it's not just words it's actions it's thoughts it's attitude it's your motive why do you do what you do and who are you doing it for either for yourself either to please others or either to please God am I in the right church this morning the goal is to become our goal and the goal of this church is for us to become more like Jesus so when hurting people, sick people come, that we know how to pour in the oil of healing into their lives. If you settle for less than full health, you often end up worse after a while. You just do. Healing takes time. First Thessalonians 5.14, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Healing is a pro listen to me. Healing is a process. It's not an event. Healing sometimes takes a team. What do you mean by that? Hebrews says, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Hebrews 13:7. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow example of their faith. The whole team of functions and and, and gifts that take a part of take part are uh, in the full process of health healthy restoration. That means that there, there are gonna be different people that have different motivations. There's going to be t- different people have different giftings and calls in their lives. And when we come together and use those giftings and calls and motivations in our lives to help others, it, we become a team to be able to help people. I have a lady in our church in Jennings and she always says, Pastor Bubba, thank you for giving me a chance. Because one day I didn't know. She just came to me and said, you know, my, my husband used to beat me and used to just come in on a rage and just for no reason. i have to hide my son and everything else. And one day he came in and she goes, enough is enough. She goes, I wasn't a Christian. I shot him. I killed him. She goes, I went to jail. She's educated. I came out of jail. I found Jesus in jail. Come on. Now she's serving God. You would never know she did what she did. She never remarried. I'm not, you know what I mean? She's, she's not afraid. She would like to. And, she, and I said, I don't hold that against you. That's before you knew the Lord. God can bring healing. No matter what you go through, the key is you can't go through it alone. Because you know what? The enemy loves to use isolation. That's, right. That's right. It's what he does. He tries to isolate you. You'll never do anything. I had a dream last night even before I know coming I mean I had a dream I was hunting with Pastor Jacob Pastor Eugene and I didn't hunt with Jamie because he went in my dream so anyway he don't hunt with me no more so I went in my dream I guess I don't know and had my son Luke and other people and we're we're someplace I'd never been like somewhere and and I'm calling geese and ducks and they're coming and I'm telling them hey hey stop stop you know look there's some there's some coming in low and no one's listening to me and I'm like, in my dream, I'm like, God, and then I go to my gun. It's a 410. I'm like, in my, it's a nightmare in my dream. I'm like, no, not this. And they're coming in low, and then they're shooting before they're supposed to be shooting. And I'm going, what's up? And I go to look for my calls, and one's broken, and I can't find the others, and it's lost. It's lost. And in the middle of my dream, this is what happened. The devil comes to me and goes, you've lost your call. You've lost your call. I told my wife, and I go, man, you know what the devil, my wife goes, you know, the call of God is without repentance. I mean, the call of God, the gift of God is without repentance. You have a gift. And I go, I know, the devil's just trying to lie to me that I don't have a call. That's how he messes people up. But see, in order... uh, Okay. What healing is God is trying to bring... What healing is, is God's trying to bring his life into you. This can be information or this, this can be transformation. And my desire is that it wouldn't be in your head today. I my desire is that God would do something in your heart. Because sometimes people are 18 inches away from a revelation. Cuz they get it here but it never gets here. And it never gets and when it doesn't get here, guess what happens? It's never tested. It's just never tested. It was great. I had a phone call. Uh I had a guy that's going through cancer right now and he's a pastor in North Carolina and he's going through all these things and he kept God kept putting me on putting him on my heart and so I called him. And he's this is what he said. He said, When I saw the name Bubba McCann, I knew there was there was faith and there's some hope calling me. And I said, I mean, let me let me just say this. He may have a different things and cancer, but I don't know what he's going through. I don't know. I know some of the things, but I didn't call him just, hey, let me tell you, I'm an expert. That's the last thing I want to be an expert in that. But I did say this. Hey, this is one thing. I've, here's a revelation I've had. When you're in the fight, you got to fight back. That doesn't mean hitting. That means you get the word of God in you. You, hit the, you get the spirit of God in you. And guess what happens when the times come? The enemy comes at you to attack you for your call, your giftings, that you can stand by the word of God. Yes. Amen. I go, you know what? The enemy can throw what he wants at me. He his bricks. But you know what? I'm not the same as I used to be. I'm not going to swallow the pill of discouragement. I'm not going to swallow the pill of being despondent. I'm not going dis- to the swallow the pill of depression and oppression. I'm not going to swallow that pill anymore. I'm going to take the diagnosis of what God says. I'm going to trust the God Almighty that brings his life breath when I need it. Amen? Amen? I've been walking every, every night, and I run in the morning because I'm training. In two weeks, in over two weeks, I'm going to Colorado to go bear hunting, and I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just going to get me a bear. And so I've been training the best way I know how to because my lung's been compromised, all this stuff. And so, I mean, I'm doing my best. And so when I'm going there, I'm going with the video. So I'm taking, I'm doing what I got. My pants are falling off. Anyway, so I've been losing some weight. I've been feeling good. I've been exercising. And, and you know, because I'm preparing myself. Because it's, it's, it's a boyhood dream. I want to be like Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone and Teddy Roosevelt and all those books that I used to read about them. I'm going to give me a bar. And we're going to eat it. I don't know what bear steak tastes like, but I'm going to find out. I'll let you know if you need to stay away from it. Why am I saying? Because you know what? I'm doing what I need to do to prepare myself. And here's the thing God's speaking to some of you. Are you preparing yourself to do what you need to do for the dream that you have? How many of you want wholeness in your life? How many of you want to have not just a good marriage, but an incredible marriage? How many of you going, you know what, I want my kids to serve God? I want to be an example. I, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I want to bring wholeness to my mate. There's things I've said, things that I've done, and I need to take care of those things. See, God's just trying to bring wholeness. It's okay not to be okay. It's not okay to stay there. If you're okay, okay, Then you did help someone who's not okay. Are you hearing me? Because that's what the gospel is it's to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your brother as you love, or your sister, or your wife, or your children as you love yourself. Okay, let me ask you how many of you pamper yourself? Okay, y'all quit that. Y'all just. Okay, the halo's just left. How many of you kind of try to take care of yourself? Well, I don't exercise. I eat. Okay, that's fine. How many say this? You know what? There's some things that God's speaking to me this morning that I need to do to bring wholeness in my life. How many say that's me, Pastor Baba. I think that's all of us. Because if you think you're okay, you may be the sick one. You have people around you that need you. You just do. You know, my, my daughter Olivia had a sweet moment. She came to me about a week ago. I was, she knocked on my door. I just got a shower. Hey, oh, don't come in. Let me put a towel. Because she goes, Dad. And I'm like, no, don't come in here right now. And then I said, all right, you can come. And She said, Dad, can you pray for me? I mean, you know, if your kid comes to you and pray, ask you to pray for them, you might want to pray for them. And especially if she's 15 and a half. Did that boy hurt you? I'm going to kill him. I told you. No. That's what you're you're thinking, you know, because I've looked at her. He has a little guy that likes her. and I like him. He's, he, he comes to the house and stuff. And, you know, I've told him, I said, you yeah, know, see that smile, keep it. If she didn't, if you make her cry, I'll make you cry, son. That's all I got to say. She goes, would you pray for me? I go, what's up? She goes, I'm I'm going out for tryouts today for the volleyball team. I'm afraid and I'm nervous and I just need you to pray for me, Dad. I just prayed for her. And I said, you know, she's only five foot one going on the volleyball team. And I said, and she made the team. That afternoon, she found out. She was so pumped out. And I said, you know, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you TNT, dynamite. Because dynamite comes in small packages, honey. I'm going to pray you're going to be dynamite on the court. Amen? Father, just bow your heads close your eyes. Father, thank you for everyone here. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you that you're a God more than anything that God that you want to restore us to health God we want to focus on what you're telling us that we need to do and help us God to exist to help others we know that we don't need rest but we need wholeness we come to church. We don't. We have an expectation that for a visitation from you, Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, as a minister of your gospel this morning, Is someone that believes that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly, more than we think and more we can ask this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit. God, thank you that as I've ministered this morning that you're speaking to hearts and people. You're drawing them to yourself to find wholeness, to find healing. So, Father, I pray, Father, for those that have put off things, whatever they are, signed up to me to make a list. you're God and you speak and I pray that we would just simply respond to what you're speaking to us this morning that you would help us. If you're on the prayer team I'd like you to just come up up here and just stand. sometimes when in a service like this when God speaks to all of us we need to respond to him sometimes we need others just to pray for us not judge us but to pray prayer brings strength when we say that we need prayer it brings humility but it also brings strength because we're saying we can't do it by ourselves, can't do it alone, but we need God. And if that's you this morning, maybe you need to give your life to Jesus, maybe you just need someone to support you this morning, I just wanna open the front up. Some people go, well, why would I go to the front? never been in a restaurant or hotel where they called me to the front and left something wrong. Tell you something, if you need to come to the front, don't let pride and its change keep you in the seat. Don't allow that. Because I've been there. I've been there when I, I saw just like the woman with the issue. She said, if I just touched the." Jesus' garment. I know that I'll be made whole. living my life in the way that I really should. God's really speaking to me. But this morning, I don't want to leave here the same. I want to leave here finding Jesus and knowing him. If that's you and you need prayer, I'm not going to ask you to come. I just want to ask you if you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. But would you pray for me? If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. No one looking around. Thank you. Anyone else? Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, come on, pray with me, church. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now, just as I am. I ask you to forgive me for my choices, my lifestyle, my sin. Forgive me for my pride. Today, I lay those at your feet. I believe that you died for me. I believe you shed your blood for me. I believe that you rose from the grave for me. And today, I want to follow you and know you and live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give those a hand clap that prayed that prayer this morning with?